All right, welcome everybody to a very special episode of Another World Audiobooks. I am very pleased today to have with me uh, an arising author, a geekier gamer, and a creative content creator, Mr. Nico Hengen. Nico, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity to be on the show, man. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm, I love connecting with any authors. Anybody who's listened to the podcast for any length of time knows that that's kind of a passion of mine as an author myself. I know getting the word out about your stuff can be really tricky. So my goal here, uh, dear listener, is to introduce you to awesome authors who are out doing their thing and uh, help you, you know, help us all just kind of support each other. So Nico is, has been writing for quite a while and has uh, some really cool uh, book series and that sort of thing. So I wanted to bring him on the show today to kind of talk a little bit about that. So uh, Nico, why don't you we start with just kind of you talking a little bit about um, where writing came from for you. I think there's a lot of people who think writing is, is horrible and they uh, try and not touch it with a 10 foot pole. Um, but you seem to be quite the opposite. So why don't you talk a little bit about where that came from? All right. So I'm going to confess, writing has always been such a very difficult thing for me. So like even growing up, you know, I hated English with a strong passion. I absolutely <laughs> just hated English. It was just so confusing. And it wasn't because I didn't understand it because I could understand it just fine. It was writing it down like I could speak it and I could read it just fine. But when it came time for me to write, it was just like a complete and utter you know, chaos of a thing. So what I did was um, back in 2017, when I started my journey of actually wanting to write, um, I started to decide like, okay, what do most authors do? They mostly wake up very early and they start writing like crazy. I tried that and it didn't really work for me too good. So I started to realize that, you know, I got to do it my own way, which is pretty much like trying to catch a wave of inspiration and trying to catch mm. a pretty much like a mood swing of writing. So, you know, like how authors um, say that, you know, they can write for a long time and they don't really notice what's going on. Like they're entering this sort of a zone of yeah. writing where they just write for such a long time. Yeah. So when I write, if I don't feel like I'm in that moment of writing, like I just stop what I'm doing. Because mm. it feels like I'm wasting my time. But when I'm in that zone where, I, you know, 30 minutes could easily become like a six hour straight, haven't moved from my, you know, chair, just been clacking, Whoa. clacking away, you know, just writing just like what's on my mind. And then, you know, after that, you know, maybe I edit some of my stuff myself. So I'll go in and then I'll just like edit everything that I, everything that I wrote and then I'll review that. And I'll look at that and I'll say, okay, what can I do with this? Hmm. Nice. That's crazy. Yeah, it's so cool to me to hear different people's approaches to writing because some people are like, you know, I just put, you know, pen to paper no matter what happens and I just sit there until I got, you know, a thousand words every single day or something like that. But uh, your your method is much more on the, the creative side, I would say, just really just feeling uh, the, the inspiration and the, the muse yeah, come it's, upon it's, you. It's hard. it's hard to say like every single day you need to go in there and write a thousand, two thousand words. That's hard. You're mm -hmm. writing from your brain. This is creativity. You know how hard creativity is? You can't just <laughs> pull it out of a hat like a magic trick. And even the magician has to pa practice years on one simple trick. 
You know, that's creativity. You know, magicians aren't coming up with brand new tricks every single day. It mm. takes a constant grind and then practice. So when I look at writing and I think, how am I going to extract the most magical, the most fictitious, the most this will never happen? Or what if this actually could physically happen? You know, you can't just do that every day, just forcing it to happen. So I just let her let it naturally occur to me, like mm. just like, you know, I want to let that idea just hit me because once that idea hits me, then I can move forward and then I can start adding a character. Then I can start adding a plot twist. Then I can start adding, you know, A, B's and C's to the whole idea. Yeah. Um, but I can't every day have an idea, you know, <laughs> I, I, and I guess I, I guess it. I just hated school for that because school every single day you're supposed to be like 100 percent. It's like, yo, it's not like that every single day. Mm. Like yeah. some days you're off and you're not going to say, you know, write a thousand words on your off day. But you could do something else on your off day that still, you know, helps you to move the message along. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Yeah, because um, the, the way that I got um, it's just cool to, for, to see different people's uh, approaches and stuff like that. Cause I, I am more of the type that if I wait for the muse to hit me, I won't have written for about a year, which is where I'm at right now. <laughs> so I, I love that, that you can do that. That is, that is really cool. And I think it's just important for everybody to kind of figure out their, their unique way of, of ticking and, and that type of thing. So one thing I did want to ask based on that, the fact mm -hmm. that you are, um, you know, waiting or having, waiting till the muse, the muse strikes you type of thing is, is there something or something you do or a place you go or that type of thing that, that kind of helps spark that for you? Or have you found, you know, music or, or anything like that, that kind of just gets your brain in the right position to, to move forward? I was actually going to say, like, one of the things that I tend to do is if I'm not in that zone, I want to create it. So mm -hmm. especially like, let's say if I set a self deadline and I say by this date, I want to do the X, Y and Z. So mm -hmm. I'll I'll create situations that'll excuse me, that'll obligate me to try to reach that. Um, so, for example, if I'm not able to write um, consistently, you know, I'll do other things like research. So if uh, I'm writing about a specific topic, I'll research. And if I can get into the zone while researching, you know, then I can, let's say that 30 minutes turns into three to six hours of just me being so focused on researching and trying to understand the topic or the theme or whatever subject that I'm studying, yeah. that three to six hours can just blur by and I'm in the zone. So now... Yeah. The next day, let's say that I have some time to be able to focus on writing, I'm able to look at, okay, if I'm not able to get into the zone today of writing, yesterday I did research. You know, what am yeah. I going to do some more research or am I going to try again? And if I try again in the writing and I'm able to get into that zone, even if it's for 5, 10, 15 minutes, all that information that I just retained the day prior about the research at the topic at hand, it's just going to carry over into my writing. So my 5, 10, 15 minutes of writing is going to be so condensed, concise and to the point that it's going to allow me to just really write a lot. And I can write a lot within that small time frame. So nice. it's just like allowing me to, to not have to think that 
so you think that writing is an ABC, but think, yeah. okay, if I'm if I'm stuck here, let me pivot here. Let me change this. Let me change that. You know, or let me go ask my friends who are who 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 I allow to see my work and give me that voice and give me that 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 vantage point that I might not see and say, hey, listen, look what I just did. What do you think about that? And then they'll let me know, like, hey, you know this doesn't sound like what you would be thinking about in that kind of situation. Yeah. And that allows me to get an even uh, a, a, an additional dosage of inspiration because now they just gave me a, a brand new idea that's going to branch off into like five, 10 different ways. And that's just going to be an additional amount of material. So yeah. when I went the other day and instead of being stuck sitting down, looking at the computer, trying to force a thousand words and I just forced <laughs> myself to do something else and got into the zone of researching. And then I added that, you know, a lot of zone, you know, a lot of muse writing, as you mentioned. And then I get that feedback from close friends, colleagues, editors, and then I reincorporate what they just gave me. You know, those are three to four days worth of consistent information that I'm just retinkering and just, you know, weeding out the negativity and just focusing on the story, focusing on what I need to be doing you know, once I get all those things in place. So I don't really allow myself to be forced to write a thousand words a day. I just let it come to me. And if it hasn't hit me, then I'm on to the next thing that is going to allow me to hit. Or I might just learn something useful that's going to carry over once I do have that uh, desire or necessity to want to write endlessly for hours on end. Nice. All right. Well, people listening to this podcast love stories as <laughs> evidenced by the fact that they keep downloading all these different stories that we read. Um, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about you've, you've got two books out um, right now. Uh, one is called Uprising of the Pencils, <laughs> which is a really cool title. And the other is called Beatty Ascending. So why don't you talk to us? Let's start with uh, the Uprising of the Pencils. Just kind of tell us, give the readers some uh, a little bit of a tease there on, on what that story is about. Okay, so Uprising of the Pencils, I'll give a background. Uh, this was in 2017. Um, I had this idea that, you know what, I want to write. I've always wanted to write. I've been such a like a super nerd my whole life of just reading and just constantly reading and not caring who saw me read. It just I was that guy that would just read everywhere, just having a book everywhere I would go, just constantly reading. Before I was 16, after 16, I just dropped books. I don't know. But hmm. uh, then I, start, I started thinking again, like, what if I actually wrote a book? And when I went to college, um, I remember in my first year, um, my English teacher had us do some sort of a uh, story. And I did a story about uh, a big pen. And yeah. the big pen was the evil pen. And all the other like number two pencils were like the good pencils and stuff like that. And the big pen was the one that was trying to rule the world and all this stuff. And I submitted it. The teacher loved it, you know put it in the drawer, shredded it. I don't remember. <laughs> then back in 2017, a couple of years after I had already did that story, I had this idea and concept like, okay, what if that stupid idea, stupid story, what if I actually refined it? What if I took mm. the time to look at that story, do it myself, and then have an editor 
or have somebody professionally review it and edit it and then give it back to me and then me do it again back and forth until I'm essentially satisfied. And so I took that idea and then I just, you know, switched a couple of things around. And instead of a big pen, I put, you know, ink Earl, you know, it sounds more of a dynamic, you know, ink Earl, almost like Count Dracula. It's like ink (laughs) Earl, you know, he comes from a family of other, you know, ink pens and they just dominate X, Y, and Z. And then the main character Dixon, you know, number two pencil, essentially, (laughs) Um, you know, they walk around, they have their erasers on the bottom, you know, almost kind of like a hobbit kind of mindset. These are weak, inferior pencils. They don't think that they're (laughs) better than the pens. They don't want to go against them. But, you know, Ink Earl, every so often, he's devious, he's evil. And all he wants to do is let them know, like, hey, I'm top dog in San Ford, which yeah. is the valley that they're in. And so essentially it becomes this, you know, is San Ford going to be dominated by the family that all they love to do is rip out the pencils or racers from their bottoms and humiliate them? Or are the pencils going to say enough is enough, rise above, recognize that there's power in numbers and recognize that they have a voice when they're all unified in their power together, not separated. And, you know, the rest you got to read or at least listen to. Yeah. It also is in an audiobook format as well. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's what Uprising of the Pencils is all about. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, so people go, you can go and check that out. Uh, you said it, you can get the, the ebook version um, or you can get the audiobook version. Uh, whichever one you would like to get. Um, then let's talk about Beatty Ascending. That's your other novel that you got going here. Um, yes. talk, so, talk a little bit about that. It sounds like you got some uh, quite the uh, the range of inspirations on this one. Yes. Yeah, so so it's pronounced actually Batay Ascending. Oh, my apologies, Batay. Batay. But I like how you said Beatty because <laughs> because at least that's also another way to say it. And I realized it somebody else might not be able to say batay. So, you know, I actually say however you're able to pronounce it, I guess that's the way to go. Yeah, um, there you go. But for 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 Beatty or Batay Ascending, this one I had a little bit more of a confidence writing it. Going back, I would definitely redo it like crazy, but at least I did it and I got it out the way. Um but this one, yes, definitely there's way more um on an inspiration side, um, I mean, not to say Upri- Uprising, I, I, Uprising got inspired by so much, and so was this one. But for Batea Ascending, it got inspired by Alita. I don't know about who saw the movie or who has read the manga or has seen the anime for Alita Battle Angel. Um, but when I saw that movie, it just made me want to do something really cool. Mm. And then when I understood where my heritage as a Dominican came from, which was the Taino Indians of the Caribbean. Um, you know, and then obviously I also incorporate a little bit of Harry Potter's uh, Quidditch um, in there. Okay, That's essentially what the story starts to resemble, but it, it goes a little bit further because, you know, earth gets destroyed because we humans are so 
so not environmentalist and the you know aliens come and they're not here to destroy or save they're just here to see it happen that's all they came here to do um but since they're here you know they offer us homage to their guy uh ginormous uh spaceship the gilbertar uh they allow us to go in there build us a little area to have us continue to survive in there almost like gants I don't know who saw Gantz in the manga at the end. Um, it's one of the things in the story of Gantz that they do as well, where aliens mm-hmm. allow the humans to just survive on their huge ship. And so right here is the setting of the story. And in the setting, there's this alternative sport, futuristic, called Batay, which comes inspired from the original sport that the natives in hispaniola used to play except now there's tech there's gear there's aliens involved there's fighting there's brawls there's playoffs there's championships um there is genetic engineering there's cyborgs there is a whole bunch of technology and futuristic and alien technology that's at play um in this story Plus, like it's mainly a sport story, but that it just happens in the future. Nice. And, you know, when I got this idea down packed and I decided, you know what, I also need to make this one also an audiobook too. So I also had this one uh, made into an audiobook. And the individual, Dolan Bradford, he took it even a step further because when he saw that story, he was like, this. This needs some special effects to it. So when you hear oh, the opportunity, when you have the opportunity to listen to the story um, on the audiobook, he actually adds a lot of music and a lot of uh, sound effects to make it feel like you're almost like imagining it. Yourself. Oh, nice! Like you're not huh? at, you're not just reading a book, but you're almost like there, captivated at yeah. the scene of those stories. Which I really loved how he did that. That is so cool. Yeah, that's taking it to a whole other level with audiobook right. narration. That's awesome. Right. Cool. Well, that is really cool. Um, and you mentioned uh, that it's kind of based off of one of the games they, they play in, in Hispaniola. So and if I understand correctly, that's kind of your, your heritage. Is that right? Correct. Right. Nice. So did you have parents that came from that area? or? Yes. Yes. So my parents came from there. And it was kind of cool. Like it was one of those things that, you know, during the lockdown, we were able to take more time to figure out where we came from and like what was our history, oh, like nice. what were the things that we did. And that's why I got like this combination of like, oh, my God, I love Alita Battle Angel. I love this concept of futuristic, you know, this this spaceship in the sky, you know, that they're enhanced cyborgs. They're playing a sport. And in the sport, I really love the money ball scene where she's just like hammering everybody away. Like, I, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling it for anybody, but <laughs> she's just hammering everybody away with this huge ball. And it's like, wait a minute. It's like she's running around on a track in a futuristic gear you know, futuristic sport. And it's like, oh, my God, my ancestors used to play a sport just like that. It's it's like I don't know if you've ever heard or seen of the um, the Mesoamerican um, ball game or the movie El Dorado, where they play that ball game with the. I was just going to say, 
Yeah, yeah. And then they, they cheat and use the uh, yeah. aardvark. Yeah, yeah. So, so when I was researching, you know, during COVID, you know, I had the opportunity to research and find out that a lot of the Central Americans um, and the Caribbeans, they all pretty much originated from the same place. So it's pretty much the same game, just oh, wow. a regional variety of a difference. So huh. certain areas had had them um, try to aim for that hoop through the thing, almost like a basketball. You know, some other ones had it looking like uh, soccer, football, which is more commonly known in the world. You know, but then the Caribbean ones, they had it where it was almost like a hacky sack type of thing. Like yeah. whoever drops the, the bate ball, which is like this rubber ball. Depending on who makes it, you know, it could be a very heavy rubber ball or it could be a very light rubber ball, um, depending on the area and stuff like that. You know, the essence was to try to keep it up for as long as possible. Whoever mm. lets it go, you know, that's pretty much like the loser and stuff like that. And again, nice. there's a lot of variety. So I'm just speaking about the variety that I understood. So that's in awesome. case somebody, you know, hits me like, oh, you didn't say the correct way. This is just the, the way that I researched and understood this was the game. And this is what I essentially based the game off of was a futuristic version of like pretty much hacky sack. Can't use your hands type of thing with a rubber nice. ball, you know, but, you know, add a couple thousand years of technology. You got these boots that go an insane amount of speed, you know, and you're enclosed in this uh, sphere where you're contained in there and you're obligated to play again, kind of like that Harry Potter Quidditch where like you're floating around in the sphere of a space where you got to kind of hit a ball into a specific area. So it's adding that whole concept of futuristic, uh, you know, native American sport to it. Yeah. That's so cool. That's awesome. I, I love it being able to just kind of bring in something from that's very personal. You know, it's very much your your story, your background, and all that sort of thing, and, and put it into to a book. That's just and it you makes can it so much more. How how you know family feels like what? Like you're using my heritage, you're using my story. Like oh well, let me teach you some more then. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's was awesome. probably one of the funniest and unexpected things. Was like what? You actually want to teach me some more about this? And it's like, yeah, of course, you know, it's like, you know, and then they would give me some more tips and pointers because then at that point, the more information that they're giving me about the research, about, you know, the heritage that could now potentially be some sort of either a backstory or it could be some new characters information or in case anybody ever asks, you know, where does the information come from? Any moves, any X, Y, Z, you know. I'm going to be able to give them the details because it's yeah. all based off of, you know, a true heritage or a true lineage where I have something to base it off of. hundred percent. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, Nico, thank you so much for, for coming on the show today and just sharing a little bit about your, 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 what you're bringing to the world. I, I just love, uh, I love bringing to light some, you know, people that are, are creating and doing cool stuff in the world. And I think you definitely fall into that category. So everybody make sure to go and check out, um, you can check out, uh, Nico and he's got his own, own website there where you can get links to all of his different stuff. It's and, uh, are, do you have social medium medias that you like to promote as well? Yep. You can check me out on Facebook at Nico Pengen, Twitter, Nico Pengen one. Uh, but like you said, just Nico You're going to find everything on the website. Awesome. 
Well, thanks again, Nico, so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I was in school, I absolutely hated writing. It wasn't until I was a bit older that I came to understand the power of words. If you're a business owner, you understand that power too. A business blog, when done right, can drive sales, increase revenue, and get you more customers. But as a business owner, you probably don't have the time to do all that writing. Plus, if you're not a copywriter by trade, you might feel like you're just kind of throwing words out there and they're not actually accomplishing anything. The good news is, there's a simple solution. Check it out. I call it the ultimate blog post checklist for businesses with online stores. This checklist will allow you to write better, more effective articles that convert readers into buyers. It's full of easy-to-follow examples to get your creativity flowing based on experience of nearly a million words written. And best of all, it's effective on any type of article in any industry or niche. I've successfully used this exact checklist on topics from pool table reviews to investment advice. Tired of spending tons of time writing stuff that doesn't convert? This checklist will change that by giving you highly effective blog posts and articles that transform readers into paying customers. Go to Invicta.Enterprises slash free checklist and start saving time and transforming your writing now. That's Invicta.Enterprises slash free checklist.